0: Well, many expected Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills to be appearing in the AFC title game this weekend. Not to be for the Bills, it's the Chiefs again. Delighted to have Matt Derrick from Chiefs Digest join the show again to to discuss the aftermath of what a significant win, Patrick Mahomes' first road win in in the playoffs. Matt, it's great to have you back on the show. It's great to be with you too. Always great to catch up. Um, I have to say, I was lining up some Bills uh, beat riders this week, but I always had you in my back pocket because I wasn't convinced the Bills were going to win. We did our preview show last week. I did select the Chiefs. I felt that whilst the Bills may have had the run of it recently in the regular season, come playoff time, the Chiefs, in particular, the Chiefs' defense is a different animal. Didn't necessarily play out that way. I would suggest it was the best offensive performance we've seen all season from the Chiefs. Uh, your, your thoughts? Forty-eight hours after the game, and how you feel about the Chiefs, as well as in terms of where they are now going into the championship game this weekend.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, that's this seems to be the trend the last few years has been that Buffalo has had the advantage of the Chiefs in the regular season, but in the postseason, that's where Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid seem to take over. Um, you know, and I think we saw the uh, kind of the same situation play out the, in this past game. I mean, during the regular season, I think Buffalo and Sean McDermott. Pulled out all the stops to try and beat the Chiefs, and and that worked out. But Andy Reid and I'm, I and he would never agree with this statement um, because I don't think he ever holds anything back. But at the same time, I I, I just think that Andy Reid always has a wrinkle for somebody, and he's willing to do something differently. and And we saw them pull out a few wrinkles. He even said after the game, "Hey, this was a game where you pull out all the stops," and I think that's exactly the the mentality that Andy Reid has is that. Um, the regular season is a build-up to the postseason, and the postseason is when you, you pull out your best material, and uh, I think that's why he's always got an advantage over most other head coaches, and I think that's certainly been with Sean McDermott. And as far as the Chiefs' offensive performance, yeah. I mean, I think the only – maybe a couple of games this year, maybe against the Chargers, maybe against Chicago, but you know, those weren't uh, opponents on the level of the Buffalo Bills. Uh, I think this was absolutely this team's most complete performance in all three phases, but I think they also left – they left some plays on the field too.
0: Yeah, I think we're going to come to those plays. I had a question on the mccall Hardman play call in terms of you know that situation in the game, and I'll come to that in a minute. But we saw over the course of the season the inconsistencies on, on offense. I don't know if it's incons- incons- inconsistency is the right word because there were so many games in which – Mahomes was clearly frustrated by the wide receivers in terms of them not catching the ball, not getting the yards after the catch. You know, you see Kadarius Toney dropping balls in the opening game against the Lions. It kind of continued to trend, continued over the course of the season. And yet on Sunday, it was like as if everything that had gone wrong all season evolved into one of these murky offensive performances. Even Mahomes himself on Sunday, I thought his illusion is in the pocket. It just seemed to all come together at such a critical moment in in the season. Do you think Andy Reid had kind of recognize what had gone on over the course of the season and says to guys, look, guys, I know things haven't played out necessarily the way we wanted. The manner of performance have been off-putting, but we can do this. We are, the, we are the defending football champions. You think that was the nature of the conversation. Saw some of the players at the end in terms of the reaction to the crowd. It was if like, let's just put the noise away. Let's just focus on ourselves, and if we can get it right, we can beat anybody in this league.
1: Yeah, you know, it's it's felt like that there's been two different attitudes on this team this year. I mean, I, I and I think it's obviously, obviously offensively and defensively. Um, the defense has played with a great deal of confidence from from day one. I mean, th- that's been remarkable. You know, usually we talk about Steve Spagnuolo's defense is needing some time to gel. This one did not. I mean, they they pretty much gelled from the moment go. Um, but the offense, you know, is the, usually the cocky one. The, the offense is usually the one with all of the swagger. And, and this time around, this season, that was not the case. I mean, you saw a lot of, I think, confidence issues in with with this offense at times. And. And I think they really manifested themselves in the red zone once they got closer to the goal line this year. Uh, That's been a consistent issue. Uh, But I think in the past three or four games, you have seen that start to dissipate a little bit. And certainly in the last two postseason games, I think this offense has played with a great deal of confidence. And now, you know, you've got guys like Marquez Valdez-Scantling, who clearly has had the toughest year of his career, a lot of drops. Uh, arguably, had you know, two, his two biggest catches of the season in that game that were very critical to the Chiefs' drives, um, and I think you've seen the you know the Chiefs' patience and investment in that receiving core pay off. You know, they they've never given up on anyone. There hasn't been any benchings, nothing of that sort. They've kept everybody in the mix, and uh, yeah, I mean, it's still not perfect. There have obviously been some issues with that receivers group. But the fact that I think Andy Reid has shown them confidence, you know, throughout and never, you know, wavered in any of these guys, he kept putting them out there when even when they were struggling. I think that that's what's starting to maybe pay dividends now in the postseason. Just uh, to follow up on a point that you made about Spagnuolo and how, how good
0: the, the defense has been over the course of the season. Yeah, very accurate point in terms of what we've seen previously, where they kind of transitioned into a really. I suppose, structured defence over the course of the season that kind of comes together gradually where this season has been consistent. On Sunday, it was very evident whilst they were giving up a lot of yards in the run game, I mean, the time of possession in the game is quite startling if you look at it in terms of Bills against the Chiefs. But there was very few big plays down the field, no explosive plays given up. Do you think the recognize we we're not going to stop them tonight? If we're going to win this game tonight, it won't necessarily be stopping the run as long as we don't give up these big chunk plays to this Bills. I know Bills, that. Dialed up some players towards the end, and on another day, maybe they would have came came through with digs and dropping the ball. But by and large, they didn't give up anything extensive in the game. That was a that's a huge a huge piece on Sunday. I felt.
1: Yeah, you know there was definitely you know the, the defensive scheme was the concept was just focus on Josh Allen, just keep him in the pocket, try to make sure that he can't beat you downfield. And in the first half, as a result of that, you know, kind of focus, they they. Didn't keep contain on him up the middle. I mean, that was one thing that was they really struggled with was Josh Allen being able to use his legs to make some plays. But even again, that was something they were willing to sacrifice if it meant just making sure that he doesn't hit any big plays downfield. Uh, he was, you know, zero for four on throws more than twenty yards downfield, and obviously had a really, you know, a, a great, incredible throw to Stephon Diggs downfield that just goes through his hands. I mean, that would have been a difficult catch that far downfield, but an incredible throw. Um, so the, the Chiefs you know, dodged a couple of bullets there. But you know in the second half, they made such an incredible adjustment to continue to do exactly that. I mean, they, they were using a four-man rush to keep Josh Allen in the pocket and keep him contained, but then they had a spy in the middle of the field. A, a lot of times, it was, at the beginning of the second half, it was Leo Chenal, uh, who did a really good job of just making sure that Allen didn't have those lanes, but they also cracked down on the run game and once you were able to take that away, you you know, you know really saw that you know they were able to make the Bills' offense one-dimensional. And, and even though they didn't get the turnovers, and I think that's a – hey, to credit to Josh Allen, I think he played extremely well. But the fact that this defense has been able to make such good second-half adjustments, I don't think there's any doubt. I mean, this is a incredible second-half defense. They've done a really good job of when teams have kind of figured out a weakness and figured out how to counter them, that they've been able to plug it up. And they, they did that again this week. I mean, you giving up seven points to Buffalo in the second half and cracking down on the run the way that they did. That was a dramatic turnaround. They, they don't win the game unless that defense really you know stifles them in the second half.
0: The Bills scored with three If I got it right last night, they scored with three minutes remaining in the third quarter and never scored a game for the remainder of the game. And that particular last drive was people were, you know, looked, it, it, a lot of people felt obviously the Bills were in a, in a prime position to take the lead and obviously... Should have to go down and score. You think Spagnolo's sense okay? We're happy for them to take the yards, but ultimately, we will, we, we will tighten up in the red zone and we will go man for man and make sure every zone is covered and basically put them in a position where he he won't be able to make that strike, he won't be able to kill in the end zone. Put them in a position where they're kicking the field goal and the nature where the game was transpiring. and I made a point to it to a Bills fan yesterday. Even if Bass makes that field goal, there's still 2 11 there that are about left on the clock, two timeouts from our homes. Kind of similar in many ways to what you have left in the game in Arrowhead earlier in the season. But the nature of the way the game was playing, it wouldn't have come as a surprise if the Chiefs had a driven down to put themselves in a position to kick a field goal to get the game into overtime.
1: Yeah, you know, yeah, even if they had that field goal, I think you felt still pretty good about the Chiefs' chances of being able to, to go downfield and get into field goal range. Obviously, you know, Harrison Butker has been on a really good role of late. Um, that would have been the more difficult end of the field to kick the way that the wind was blowing that night. Um, it was tricky either way, you know. And certainly, you know, Tyler Best. I think the wind absolutely affected that kick a little bit. I mean, that was the way it was kind of blowing. And even though it was at his back, um, it can you know you just don't if you don't get that slice and the hook just right in that wind. I mean, it can absolutely play with your kick. And uh, yeah, I think you would have had more confidence in Harrison Butker in that situation. But you're, you're exactly right. I mean, I think that the Chiefs were more than fine giving up a field goal in that situation they they recognized that hey you know as long as bills don't get in the end zone and take the lead this is still a winnable game so yeah they they definitely wanted to keep them out and and i think that buffalo you know helped out but i think buffalo was absolutely trying to play for a touchdown on that last drive and it i think that ended up hurting them i mean that because obviously they could have gotten closer in the field goal range i think if they had been a little bit more conservative in their play calling, but they were definitely trying to get into the end zone, and I, I get that. I mean, I think that that's what they felt they had to do to win the game. Uh, but I, th- I think it obviously definitely hurt them because they they could have gotten you know Bass in closer for that kick, but they bypassed that in favor of trying to go for the end zone, and that's the way it works sometimes.
0: Matt, you made a point on the football show in Arizona last year. Obviously, you were the guest on the main show at the stage. I mean, you, you talked to me about Andy Reid sometimes overthinking situations, and I felt that was the case with the Cole Hartman fumble. And I, I, guess, I don't think we should be too hard on him in a sense. Like you could you could see what he was trying to do ultimately, he was trying to get into the end zone, get the touchdown, it would have been a two score game then essentially maybe putting the game away. Having fumbled the ball earlier in the game and the Chiefs were forced to recover in the red zone, were you surprised that they, they dialed up that particular play for him? And bearing in mind how strong Pacheco was, he's such a fantastic runner. To I me, mean, it just struck me as a, just continue with the hot hand. And I know he looks tired. I know he looks a bit ragged because they were going from time to time again and he was getting the choke plays. But in that instance, we are surprised they just didn't keep on Pacheco and said, bring bringing Clyde Henaire to kind of finish that off as opposed to going with Herman on that particular play call.
1: Yeah, you know, it didn't surprise me. And some of that, you know, it comes back to the conversation earlier where we had about this receiving core. And, you know, continuing to give those guys chances and not benching anybody or taking anybody's playing time because they were struggling, uh, you know, Andy Reid is notorious for, hey, if a guy makes a mistake, you go right back to that guy and give him a second chance. You know, it's it's very rare. And really, I mean, I think of the I, the only case I can really think of in, you know, the last maybe five years of a player that, you know, has, has eventually used up their chances was probably LaShawn McCoy um, when he couldn't hold on to the football a few years ago. At the end of his career but you know in a situation like that it doesn't surprise me i mean McCole was out there you know on the very next drive and they made him continue to make him a big part of the offense that type of play is obviously something that they've got a lot of faith in McCole. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it comes down to situations and that's one of the things that I, th- I think that Andy Reid was just the most frustrated with there. It wasn't the effort. It wasn't, you know, the trying to get into the end zone. It was just, Hey, that's first down. That's you're that close to the goal line. You know, we've got plenty more chances to punch it in. You don't need to be make, taking that chance on first down. If it's third down, maybe, but first down, not really a reason, you know, you're at the one. That's where you can, you know, you got Pacheco, you can hammer it away on the next play. Um, but it didn't surprise me that they they gave McColl a chance. And honestly, it won't surprise me if if McColl continues to get chances against Baltimore this week. We
0: we refer to players as uh playoff Lenny with Leonard Fournette. And someone's suggesting on Sunday it's playoff Kelsey because he's had such a qu- quarter season. And obviously obviously, stuff may be going off the field in terms of his personal life maybe has taking a factor and all that but. Has Pacheco become the leading light offensively I and mean, you would look at that in the sense of the Chiefs have never really struck me as a team who focuses on their own game. It's always about who, who can make these marquee passes or marquee receptions from Patrick Mahomes. As the offensive we touched on the struggles but have they found light in the bottle that we saw last year in the Super Bowl how, how effective it was? Has he become essentially the leading light in this team now would you say?
1: I I think he's right there with it. I mean, to me, it's a a triumvirate right now that the Chiefs have offensively. I mean, you know it's always going to be Mahomes, but now between Travis Kelsey, Isaiah Pacheco, and Rasheed Rice, I mean, it's those three guys who are getting the vast majority of the work. Uh, And then it's just a matter of is there someone else that week that can become a hot hand that can help you out? This past week it was Marquez Valdez-Scantling that has to do a couple of big plays. But no, I mean, I don't think there's any doubt, especially once they've reached the postseason. You know, Andy Reid is is always going to be a throw-first coach. That's just the way he is. Uh, but there are times when he just realizes, you know, what he has, what what, what's in, what cards are in his hands. And right now, I think he absolutely sees Isaiah Pacheco is, is one of the best cards that he can play. Um, just how hard he runs, how he does protect the football. All of that is in his advantage, and 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 you know, and typically the Chiefs would like to probably throw the football a little bit more to the running backs. I think that the way that this team is constituted, especially with the offensive line up front, that I think is really run-blocking pretty well right now, uh, that's why you just have to take advantage of it. You know, you get Isaiah Pacheco a little bit of a hole, and he can absolutely punch through, and, and you saw it. I mean, just the, the yards after contact that he was able to get on Sunday that's another thing that he's just so good at. He, he just manages to find a way forward and doesn't go backward very often. And, and that's that's tremendously important. I mean, you know, the Chiefs are a team that truly focuses on situations. They, they don't want to be in second and nine. They want to be in second and third. Uh, they don't want to be in third and five. They want to be in third and one situations. And how do you do that? It's just by making sure that you get yards on every play. And right now, Isaiah Pacheco is doing that.
0: Yeah, in both the run game and passing on, on Sunday, it's reflective of the only at five turn-down situations in the authority of the game, which kind of strikes me as a team that were so effective on the first down, and obviously then you put yourself, as you touch on, in nice second-down positions, like second and three, second and twos, etc. Um, Pacheco obviously is going to be a key factor on Sunday, just turning our attentions to Sunday's game, and obviously, people look at the Ravens all season as most likely team to come out of the NFC and go to the Super Bowl, the number one seed for a reason. Their second half performance against the Texans was so impressive, 34-10. But yet yeah, the Chiefs are only three and a half find underdogs going into this game, and it's strange yet again to be calling Patrick Mahomes an underdog in a playoff game. But do you think the Ravens, in a way, would look at this game and look? You're never going to decide who you want to play. Ultimately, you'll, you'll take what's what's what comes your way. But do you think there's a fact that they're kind of thinking, "Oh my God, not Mahomes. I would have preferred the Josh Allen scenario. Was he's a fantastic player?" To the Chiefs who have been there before, six playoff games in a row, six championship games in a row. And apart from thinking, we are in a situation here in Sunday where we're going against a team that really understand how to get over the line in this particular game.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that and to me, I think the point spread's, you know, indicative of the fact that the the odds makers truly see this as kind of a coin flip game. I mean, the three the three point advantage at home for the Ravens, I mean, would probably tell you that if this were in Kansas City, the Chiefs would be a slight favorite in this game. So uh, and I, I think that's a little bit maybe as much as maybe the Chiefs didn't get as much credit last week as being the defending champions and being the playoff team that they are. Um, even as underdogs, maybe they are getting that respect this week because the Ravens have obviously been the best team in the AFC all season long, uh, coming off an incredible performance against Houston offensively and defensively. Uh, but i don't I don't know that, you know, Baltimore is really that concerned and that focused on it, just you know being Mahomes and the Chiefs. I mean, I, I think that they have probably are more focused on themselves. And that's been you know, they don't have the history uh, with the Chiefs in the postseason that Buffalo has had. So that, I think, is you know, a little bit of it. But you know, because Baltimore's, you know problems have just been you know, getting to this point. You know, they have been the team that has underachieved the last two years. In, in the playoffs and so I, I i think a lot of it is probably just you know self-focused on themselves making sure that they stay on target uh that they're focused this week and that they don't have a letdown of any sort and that you know they don't say that and i think maybe having the chiefs as the opponent is is a good thing for baltimore to know that hey they're going to need their a game to win this week uh, i know that the the chiefs absolutely respect the the ravens these two teams have had some tough you know regular season battles over the last five six years uh, Baltimore has beaten them in the regular season, yeah. so you know they've ta- had fantastic comeback a couple of years ago on Sunday Night Football. Exactly, and you know, and, and, and a turnover late kind of you know decided that game. Yeah, uh, could be the same thing around this time around. I mean, and as good as these two defenses are uh, and have been in the past, at the same time, you know, they've also put up some points against each other. So I don't I don't know which way this game's going to go. I don't know if it's going to be a battle to 25 or, you know, this is going to be a 38-37 ball game. I think it could go a lot of different ways.
0: Well, that's what I was going to swing to next. And just as we look to close out here, if we're to be here next Monday with the chase in the Super Bowl, is it going to be a defensive? Uh, minded victory in terms of Spagnona putting the plan together to offset Lamar in terms of trying to. In in many ways, you could argue it's kind of similar to what he's had to deal with this week in terms of Josh Allen is such an effective runner. So we see what Lamar does, and then our 100-plus game in in the run in the room game is it, We'll take our bumps and bruises and let Lamar run on us. But ultimately when we get when they get into the red zone, we'll we'll tighten up and keep to Justin Tucker field goals throughout the course of the game. Or are we going to get into a ding-dong type of game, which we see back and forth and ultimately it comes down to who has the ball last and it's it's another Mahomes' magical performance that sees it out and, and gets an opportunity to retain the title. If anyway you, you see it in terms of the manner of the game and how it will play out?
1: Yeah, I mean there there's no doubt. The Chiefs consistently against the, the Ravens and, and Lamar Jackson, their game plan has always been keep him in the pocket. Just do whatever you can to make sure that he can't escape out laterally. You don't want him getting outside the tackles. If he is going to run, you want him to go up the middle and they want to be able to contain him that direction. And the Chiefs, you know, defensively usually have the personnel. And I think right now they have absolutely have the personnel to to match up the way that they want to, in that they've got speed on the defensive line that, you know, absolutely can set the edge and contain him in that way. They're very talented at the linebacker level. So if they're going to you know play a lot of their base defense, which I I would certainly expect in this game, but, you know they're a regular four three defense, um, having you know the rotation with Nick Bolton, with Leo Chanel, Willie Gay, Drew Tranquil, um, that quartet is going to be critical in this game to containing Lamar. But at the same time, I mean I think that if the the Chiefs lose this game, I don't think it's going to be because Lamar puts up 150 yards rushing uh, it, it it's, it, it's independent of that. I think to me, it's, you know, do Zay Flowers and Isaiah likely, you know, end up making plays because that's where the, the Ravens can really beat you this time. I mean, and that's where they are so much more dangerous than they've been in the past is that, you know, Lamar has some legitimate targets downfield. And if they get Mark Andrews back this week, obviously that would be an incredible advantage. Uh, but, you know, likely has been playing so well this season. And obviously, Zay Flowers is one of the more electric, you know, rookies this year. Um, those are the two players to me that are just absolutely game changers for this Ravens offense. And we
0: didn't even get into their defense in terms of what Mike McDonald's done this year. And obviously, he's already sought after a defensive coordinator for a potential head coaching positions. position. see I would like the Chiefs to win. Matt, because then we get the pleasure of your company again in Vegas at the Super Bowl. But Matt, you are always been a great gent. You always give us so much time to the show. We really appreciate you coming on. Best of luck for this weekend, and
1: hopefully we will see you uh, in face-to-face in Vegas come two weeks' time. I hope we can do that. It's always great to see you. And I, I just love the passion of, of all the fans in Ireland and, and loving the football in the NFL. It's incredible to see and love the, the job that you guys all do over there. So thank you for letting me be a part of it.